0: With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select Campus miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24 7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
1: I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novela, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast.
0: Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first listen. listen.
3: Brought to you by Farmers. At Farmers, we've seen almost everything, so we know how to cover almost anything. When it's game time, have an experienced player help you stay ahead of the game, put their experience into play at Farmers.com. We are Farmers. Bum, ba, da, bum, 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 bum. Daniel Jeremiah, Move the Sticks podcast, covering the National Football League for the NFL Network, will join us um, upcoming in about 15 minutes. We'll, we'll dive on in. On so many things, we wonder getting ready for NFL training camps, which are already underway in so many places. I read this article in The Athletic, and I thought it was interesting. Within days of free agency, the league opened an investigation. By the way, this is from ESR, from ESPN.com. Uh, the league opened an investigation centered on the timing of the earliest reported free agency deals on June 30th. Sources familiar with the matter told ESPN.com the scope of that investigation is developing and is expected to include interviews with players and possibly agents and team owners and sources. So look, what what the NBA is doing is a, a lot like... What happens in college athletics where, yes, there's National Signing Day and maybe there's a moratorium on actually speaking to the players, but look, you're allowed to have conversations with agents about other stuff and if you happen to mention what might happen to happen, this is a really bizarre free agency period which is, we think, concluded. I mean, obviously, it could change if Chris Paul is traded or if some other deals are made. But to no one's surprise, both ESPN and The Athletic have both done articles talking about the free agency period, which is now complete, and doing an investigation, and hey, shocker, some people are kind of pissed off, right? You have teams that, like Oklahoma City, who sign guys to long-term deals only to have that same guy the next year walk in and say he wants to be traded. You have other small markets feeling like, no matter what we do, we can't hold on to players, um, we we have guys like Magic Johnson conducting meetings even though he supposedly doesn't work for the organization only to leak said meetings and it to ultimately backfire because Gawaii Leonard's people said don't say nothing to nobody about nothing and of course he said something about to everybody about something Oy. in summation Magic is well magic He did his kind of Magic Johnson sort of thing. And, you know, we're left with with, uh, Kawhi Leonard as a member of the Clippers. The Clippers did their due diligence trying to find another star, feeling like, I I feel like the more things get out, the more you realize the Lakers really did have a shot. Now, they had to have all their ducks in a row and they had to have a really good plan. They had to make really good sense and appear to be professional. But think of what the Clippers did. The Clippers were looking for another superstar to try and pair with him. The Rockets said no on James Harden. The Wizards said no on Brad Beal. At the very last moment, when it appeared like Kawhi had to go, well, I don't really want to go back to Toronto. I guess I'll do the Laker thing. Lakers do have an extremely uh, strong brand. Magic Johnson, the guy who called out the organization for being dysfunctional and called out others for not being trustworthy, showed why they were dysfunctional under under his lead because he didn't have his ducks in a row and showing he wasn't trustworthy because just the simplest thing, don't say anything. Magic can't help himself. Can't help himself. He wanted to save face. He wanted to be the guy who fixed the Lakers. And instead, he's the guy who helped the Clippers. Oi. Oi, oi, oi. I'm not sure what can truly be done. There's talk about changing the free agency date to make it before the draft, much like the NFL. The problem with that is it pushes back the draft. It changes summer league. Although right now, the the rookies who are drafted, many of them aren't playing in summer league anyway. So I, I don't know if that timeline actually works. I do know that when there's this much discussion over who's talking to who and when they can talk to them, over small markets losing players and big markets gaining them, Over the old inmates running the asylum, there's this much kind of unrest that there'll probably be some new rules, which may at first make it worse, but before it makes it better. But it does prove that everything we've told you, everything, has been as accurate as anything you'll hear otherwise. I'm not a sycophant to Magic Johnson. I love watching him play. I think he's looked completely in over his head and overwhelmed and almost clownish in these last six months with the Lakers. I did think the Lakers had a tremendous shot to get Kawhi Leonard because of the Lakers and because it's LeBron and they got Anthony Davis and three stars will in fact work. And I think the Cl- what the Clippers were able to do was show a level of professionalism and an ability to go and overspend, like the trade in comparison for Anthony Davis to Paul George, like Oklahoma city got a ridiculous King's ransom. And they have Paul George under contract for three years. So I I think Oklahoma city looks great, but they also look like a little bit of the victim here. And I think the Clippers look outstanding and I think the Lakers actually look fine. I think magic looks like a fool. And I would guess that one of the things that we have discussed, which has come to fruition, is you have Adam Silver, who so, mu- so badly wants to be the players' commissioner that the pendulum has swung too much in that favor. And now we're having AAU basketball where team guys are switching jerseys at halftime and, and loading up on these super teams to try and form imagined and created dynasties. It's not great. The juxtaposition of the health of the sport in terms of the volume of talented players and the health of the sport in terms of the buy-in from the mainstream fans. Mainstream fans are, in fact, loyal people. Americans are generally loyal. We don't like all of this movement. We like to know who's where and what's what. And while it's fun to do the video game thing, to create a team, to trade a player, when you need a name tag on who's where, I don't know, come again? That might be fun and invective, but we, 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 like, we like change. We don't like transition, and it'll be a transitional year. Think about what happens in the Midwest when they change a uniform on a college football jersey. One year is about a decade ago, Nebraska put a, a white stripe, thick white stripe down there, the side of their pants. and the fans lost their minds. That's not Nebraska football. The reason that the Lakers and the Celtics and the Bulls, for the most part still have the same uniforms as their championships of the past is the same reason that fans expect, same players line up year after year and grow together. It doesn't mean that we've forgotten that even championship rosters have turnover outside of the top three or four players. It just means that in our own mind, the way it's supposed to be is you're supposed to raise your team's level on your own. And I think the, the, the NBA has kind of crossed over into this. They've, they've created a way for us to talk about them in the offseason, which is great for the league. But during the season, it makes it much harder to watch because you don't know who's playing for who. In addition to which, you don't know who's actually going to play on a given night because of load management. And then the volume of games, you actually don't know who's going to play hard. But I read these articles, and I think the Lakers had a shot. I think the Clippers moved mountains. I think the Thunder did as well as you can do. And I think the, the haves and the have-nots of the NBA are going to ultimately lead to some sort of strife and some sort of new legislation which will try and help those smaller market, lesser market teams.
4: Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
2: This is the story of the one. As a maintenance
3: engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call ClickGranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
2: The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female
1: president.
2: And then you have China.
4: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: He joins us throughout the NFL season. It's great to have him back. Move the Sticks is the podcast. You see him on the NFL draft coverage for the NFL Network. Um, you may hear him call Charger Games uh, locally on, uh, on the Chargers Radio Network. He's the one and only Daniel Jeremiah. He joins us now as uh, training camp's Underway or about to get underway throughout the National Football League and DJ let's start with the Chargers a team who last year tied for the best record in the AFC lost to the Patriots in the playoffs and a couple weeks ago Melvin Gordon's camp put out there hey we know we're in the fifth year of our rookie contract but we want a new one and the offer that was made isn't good enough we're gonna sit or else how do you see it playing out?
5: Well, I just think the Chargers are in a position of strength here, you know, for, for a couple of reasons. Number one, you look at the contract, him having another year left on the deal, plus the, you know, at least the threat of a franchise tag. You start there with advantage in the leverage department to the team. And then you look at the depth of the roster, um, them uh, showing the ability to win games without him last year with a, with a good group. And then you also look at the recent trend in history of the, the only three running backs that are getting paid good money. I mean, there's only three running backs making over $10 million a year right now. And all three of those teams, if you gave them truth serum and, and gave them a do-over, I'm not so sure all three of them wouldn't take the opportunity to uh, not do those deals. So uh, all the leverage in my mind kind of points towards the team. Uh, I do think there's a the middle ground there where they could both uh, you know, reach a compromise and, and get this thing uh, done, but you know, I don't know from the outside looking in. It doesn't look very optimistic that that's going to end anytime soon.
3: No, it, it doesn't. Um, my friends within the Chargers feel like they're kind of at last and final, and maybe overextending themselves even to where they're comfortable. Like they're in the ten million dollar range, and if he think, thinks that's disrespectful, like what's the point of continuing to to make offers?
5: Yeah, I, I mean, I can I can totally understand where they're coming from there again because there's just no. They have no incentive to, uh, to do a deal. So they have all the leverage. And if they feel like, you know, you do the math and say, if the franchise number is, who knows, say it's 11 or 12 next year, he's making 5.6 this year. So you can do the math on what that number is. And, and I don't know what their offer is, but let's assume it's in the, you know, if it's 10 million a year or 11 million a year, he's still going to make more money in this new deal over two years, which, um, they could, Put that on the table and say, "Hey, we're doing you. Uh, we're doing you a solid here."
3: Um, Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. What about the Cowboys? I, I feel like Zeke. I feel like Zeke kind of. Uh, it's almost like a soft launch. Just kind of put that out there to see what people have said, and most people have said, "Hey, dude, we know you're great, but one running back, two, you just got out of the commissioner's office. Like, what are you doing? Three, we got to worry about Amari Cooper and Dak Prescott before you." How do you think the Cowboys situation plays out?
5: Well their thing is interesting with him because I do think from a leverage standpoint, even though he's got plenty of time left and he's had some 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 stuff off the field, I think he's more integral part of their uh, operation there than any of the other running backs in the league right now, and he's had more of an impact. Just with him out there, you'll see more safeties drop down. You talk to teams around the league. Uh, that's where the game planning starts. so he, he's got some value. he's got some leverage there. I just think from the Cowboys' standpoint, you look at both the situation with Dak Prescott and with Zeke Elliott, I don't see them going anywhere this year um, if they're missing one of the two. And people argue till they're blue in the face about who's more important. Uh, I think they need both of them. And when you look at the, the window for them and them having opportunity to win right now and the way Jared Zones has historically done business, I would imagine that this is going to be looked at as two favorable player deals that will come down uh, uh, to keep those guys on the field all season.
3: Yeah. How good are they The team, as a team?
5: Yeah, I mean, look, I think defensively, um, they've got a young, fast defense. Um, I think you got to get your pass rusher back fully healthy coming off offseason surgery. Um, but Demarcus Lawrence is, is a top six or seven pass rusher in the league. So I feel good about where they are defensively. They've got to get the offensive line uh, to consistently perform uh, up to their ability and stay healthy. If they can keep that group up front healthy, Um, I think they've got a championship-caliber team with a quarterback in Dak Prescott who uh, might have some limitations here or there, but he has a formula uh, he can use to win football games, and he's won a bunch of them. So um, I think they're a championship-caliber team. I really do. But that that means they have everybody in uh, on time and ready to start the season and that offensive line stays healthy.
3: Last year we were concerned about finding another wide receiver for – or a couple wide receivers for Tom Brady – now they had to change, you know, tight ends as well. It's the first time since 2010 he's entered camp without knowing he wasn't going to have Rob Gronkowski on his team. What are your thoughts on the defending champion, the Patriots, and what they're going to – I know they're going to run the football more once you get yeah. late in the season, but do they have the weaponry needed?
5: I think they're going to run it, and I think they're going to dink and dunk people to death, and they're going to shorten games, and they're going to force you to kick field goals and, get a, and get a score scoring touchdown. It's like the, the formula is still going to be the same. Um, you know, Gronk is going to be a, a hole for them. But when you look at the depth they have at the running back position, um, I think you're going to see more two-back stuff from them than, uh, than just about any other team in the league this year. And I think they'll find ways to just get those guys, pitch them the ball, get them out in space, and let them go. Um, so, it, you know, there's, there's a lot of teams you come into the season and they're missing this guy or this guy needs to stay healthy and you have your worries and your concerns. Doug, I I don't know if it's right or wrong, it's gotten to the point where the Patriots where you just they've earned the benefit of the doubt of I don't care what they're missing, uh they'll have a plan in place and they'll be ready to roll.
3: Who's the team who uh and again it's on paper, it's early, but people are in the league are talking about that 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 we have we haven't caught up to yet, you know, like um, I mean, the Chargers were one last year. Yeah. Obviously, the, obviously the Chiefs, but I don't think the Chiefs were. It was a surprise. It, they were because they were good with Alex Smith, and then a, a, a better dynamic with Pat Mahomes. But there's always a team that sneaks up on us. Who do you think the team is this year?
5: Well, I've been hearing the same two teams mentioned over and over again when you talk to people around the league. And I know the first one, people say, "Oh, you guys say this every year. It never happens." But San Francisco is a team that a lot of people feel um, is going to be a playoff team, and they just need to keep the quarterback healthy. If they can keep him healthy with what they've added on the defensive line, um, they're going to be a much improved football team. And, and really, play-calling-wise, Kyle Shanahan has as much respect as any play-caller around the league. So um, they're a team, I think, that's, uh, that's got a chance to have a really good year. And then the other one is Minnesota, and the reason being is is Gary Kubiak plugging in there I think mean, it's going to really help Kirk Cousins. They go out and get, uh, you know, Garrett Bradbury in the offensive line. They've made some improvements there. So they should be better up front. They're going to have somebody that really knows how to design a system around the quarterback. Um, and defensively, their talent is as good as anybody.
3: So who, who are the teams that aren't as good as a reputation that precedes them would tell you?
5: Well, I think there's just uh, the Browns are the hot topic, you know. Um, people want to see, is this – You know, is this all going to work? There's a lot of talent, um, but what's it going to look like, kind of forming together, and and what's it going to look like as a team? So that's the one I think everybody around the league is paying attention to and curious about. Um, But you know, look, there's there's a lot of people in the media saying they're the favorites to win that division, but you don't get that same uh, answer when you talk to people around the league. They just, I think maybe they're just kind of holding on to the old Browns thing, and you've got the Steelers and the Ravens with such a strong track record, but. Definitely a, a, a prove-it year for them around the league.
3: Most interesting team, the Packers, right? You, you make kind of an interesting hire. It might not be the best fit for Aaron Rodgers, but he did need something different. The defense in year two of a, a newly installed system with some really talented youth. Feels like the Packers are an interesting team.
5: Yeah, no doubt. I think I would. I would put the Packers in there. Um, you know, coming off of a disappointing year, and I, I even put the, the Falcons in there um, as a team that's that's really invested a lot in the offense. Um, you look at uh, what they did coaching wise. Uh, feel like they've got a shot there. Um, you look at what they've done on the offensive line wise. To add some investments there. Uh, they, you know, defensively, when you talk to them, getting Deion Jones back healthy, Deion and Neal back healthy. Um, and they feel like Dirt Cutter is, is going to be able to get a good year out of Matt Ryan, so uh, that's a team with a lot of ability. But that division is just brutal.
3: What do you think of the marriage between Jameis Winston and Bruce Arians? Like, I I, I saw some signs from Jameis Winston. Some people just sold their stock. They're like, not going to happen. But he did some. There were some times when it, once he regained the starting spot. Granted, it was late in the year. But I thought there were some signs, and then you had Bruce Arians, who he has had the Midas touch with quarterbacks. Can he can he save Jameis from 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 going down the path of ultimately being a backup that he looked like last year?
5: I think it's I think it'll be a good marriage. I think offensively they were pretty dynamic and explosive last year. They just got to limit the negative plays, and that's been you know really Jameis going back to his college career, it's the same thing. So the the ability is there. I think play calling-wise, scheme-wise, this is going to match him up. Um, but they've just got to find a way to rein him in a little bit to uh, to avoid some of those turnovers. My thing with them is defensively, uh, there's still just a lot of questions of whether or not that team uh, can get where they want to go. That's where my concern would be. I, look, they're going to score a bunch of points, and I expect Jameis to play well in this system.
3: We had Mike Leach on yesterday. And he was saying, I, I said, you know, how important is it for you to have Kingsbury work and the air raid system work in the NFL, considering it's like the first real shot? He's like, look, you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, they run air raid concepts. A lot of teams run air raid concepts. Like, that's great, but uh, do, doesn't the, the, the success or lack thereof of this offense, do, doesn't that signify whether or not the air raid will work in the pros is that is that too big a statement for how important cliff kingsbury's offense is in terms of how that offense is viewed oh
5: i think it's i think it is i think a lot of people looking at this as a litmus test to see um if this can work now the same conversation was had about chip when uh when chip went to the eagles and then ended up changing some things there and adapted what he had traditionally done and, and kind of evolved a little bit to the NFL game, um, you know, especially from when he started to when he finished up with the 49ers. So um, I'm curious to see if Cliff just sticks to what he's done or if he's, if he's added some more NFL concepts and wrinkles to things. So if it is what he's always done and it works, uh, get ready, because there's going to be a massive influx of college coaching uh, making its way to the NFL.
3: Do you think that it works?
5: You know what, I, you know, I don't want to take the answer here and not give you one, Doug, but it is really. A, it really is a TBD. I, I think they've got a chance um, to consistently move the ball up and down the field and rack up a bunch of yards. My question is going to be when this offense gets down inside the red zone, which is where you win and lose football games in the NFL, um, can they find a way to punch it in? And that, to me, is my concern. And uh, yeah, that's why I would say, you know, how's it going to work? Uh, uh, yards, you want to look at yards? I think they'll be really impressive points is going to be my question mark, whether or not they can punch it in.
3: Yeah. um, If you look at, um, you look at the Odell Beckham Jr. interview, okay? My takeaway from it, and you tell me, Daniel Jeremiah, our guest, of course, you can see him on the NFL Network, download his Move the Sticks podcast. Uh, He joins us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. You know, he, he had talked about retiring at 24 when things were going poorly He felt disrespected by the Giants. He was asked why he wasn't at OTAs with the Cleveland Browns because it wasn't mandatory. Like. I get that he works out hard and I'll even buy that he practices hard when he practices but there are just there are just some to me there's just something missing there that he do, still doesn't get that there's no level of accountability for what he can do and what he can contribute to winning that he's one of those I say that I want to win but I don't know actually how to win is that too crazy to take from an interview No I, I
5: look I think you can take that away I just think sometimes in these interviews some of these guys and 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 this is the exact situation here it's such a long interview and you get kind of a little long-winded there and then i don't know what to take from it you know i just i really don't i i'm just anxious and i'm i'm heard enough from odell so i just want to see him get out there and play um and see if we see the player that we saw early on in his career if he can get back to that and be consistent um so that to me I mean everybody's gonna parse all of his words. I think it was a very long interview somewhere with a million different takeaways uh, i'm I'm just kind of overhearing about it. I'm overhearing about the giants I'm overhearing about him. I just want to see him get on the field and see if he can uh, live up to the hype and and be the guy we saw early in his career that we haven't seen recently
3: yeah it's a it's a it's a great point um Rosen or Fitzpatrick in Miami
5: oh gosh, this is a classic short-term, long-term. To me, I think the decision should be Rosen. Even if Fitzpatrick is better early on, I want to get a long, extended evaluation of Josh Rosen. And the argument against that is, well, you might lose some of the veterans on the team because Fitzpatrick might be better equipped to play right now and you're trying to win games. and I'm sitting here saying, look, that's a... I, I don't know. That I wouldn't stop me. Look, we have to evaluate this kid. We're not going anywhere this year. Let's be realistic. Uh, let's be... Uh, Let's be honest, and we have to find out what we have in Josh Rosen because we all know Ryan Fitzpatrick's not going to be the guy next year. We have to figure this kid out on whether or not we need to go in the quarterback market in next year's draft. So to me, I, from an organizational standpoint, I think you, you huddle together and say, I don't care what we've got to do. Uh, if you've got to manufacture this thing for him to win it, um, but I, we've got to see Josh Rosen.
3: I tend to agree with you. I, maybe the least discussed potential star player in the, in, in the league is Christian McCaffrey. Like, they figured out how to use him. He figured out how to stay on the field for every down. I don't know what Cam's gonna look like because he couldn't throw a football last year. Um, but he's, McCaffrey's added, added weight and looks like an NFL player. And he, obviously he has, Breathtaking speed and versatility, the likes of which you don't see often. Am, am I too bullish on Christian McCaffrey?
5: No, uh, not at all. And you look at you know what he's run behind—not one of the better groups in the league. So um, it's not like he's benefited from a consistent passing attack or a uh, or a consistent offensive line. And he's proven already. Uh, look, if you if you know, sometimes you play these games in the in the scouting room during training camp. You're in the evenings. You kind of get bored. And if you told me right now, third and three, third and four, um, you can have any back on the field in the league, who do you want? I don't, I'm not sure, I would just say Christian McCaffrey for what he can do uh, running the ball as as well as what he's proven he can do catching the ball. So um, he is an explosive, dynamic player um, who kind of gets lost because of where he plays.
3: Daniel, great stuff, man. Can't wait to talk with you after you've seen some preseason games. We've seen some of these young quarterbacks and how they develop. In the meantime, appreciate you being our guest on Fox Sports Radio. I appreciate you, Doug. Have a good one. All right, that's uh, Daniel Jeremiah joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Be sure to
4: catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
0: When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do
4: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: He's the head coach of his alma mater, which happens to be my alma mater. He's Mike Gundy, and he joins us here on Fox Sports Radio. Mike, how are you?
6: I'm great, Doug. I, I, was, uh, I was finishing up doing some, I was bailing some hay, and I realized I was seven minutes late, so I apologize for... For being late, but I did get to catch up on the national news there. Listening, so it wasn't that bad.
3: Wait, wait, wait. So, are you seriously bailing hay, or are you just saying that to, to pull our leg?
6: No, no, uh, no. We're, we're, we just finished. Uh, we cut the other day and tethered, and then you know you let it set for eight, for eighteen to thirty-six hours, depending on the wind and the, the temperature. And uh, we we ran, we round bailed it today, and so we just finished up. Um, and we should get one more cut probably in October. So how how much are you out there? Well, when I'm on vacation, I'm there every day. Like the, when I take time off, um, and, and you know this. Well, you're 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 uh, it's the same for you. Like if you're anywhere near the office or work, you're not really on vacation. You're working. I mean, right. that's just the way it is, right? Huh. Um, so I go on my tractor and I work the fields, and then I don't take my phone out there, and so they. Um, Danielle, who, who my, my assistant that works with me, she knows that I'm on a tractor and she tells them he's on a tractor. So if they need me, they're going to have to drive out to the ranch and drive out there on the property and get me if it's really, really important. So that, that's, that's how I kind of get away. And plus I enjoy doing that. Uh, you know, I've got hundred acres here that we farm with uh, high protein, weed free um, uh, Bermuda hay that, that these horse farmers buy.
3: Uh, I'm on the other end of it. With I got girls that ride horses, so I know how expensive that high-end right. weed-free stuff is. Okay, no so, doubt. So you have you have no cell phone? Okay. Do you have music playing?
6: No, you know one thing. My dad taught me is is anytime you're operating heavy equipment, tractors and machinery, you know they 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 have these new machines that all have radios and music in it. But you can't hear the machine. You don't know if something goes wrong. You, you know, it, and it's not good to listen to music. So. I was trained at a young age to never listen to music when I am operating machinery. And so that's always stuck in my head. And so, no, I don't listen to anything. I kind of watch what's going on and listen to the, listen to the tractor and the equipment.
3: And this is your like kind of therapy. Is it cathartic to you?
6: It is. It really, I don't play golf. I mean, I coach and then I follow my kids around doing what uh, their stuff, you know, baseball or football or whatever, just like you follow your kids. I don't play golf. I don't do any of that stuff. So, that's my getaway the only other thing i'll do is every once in a while i'll go to the lake um and just kind of hang out there but i can't do it very much i got to get back and go to work and it kind of drives me crazy after a while
3: okay so like what if something if something goes wrong does your assistant come out and flag you down is it the don't you know or have you, have you reached the stage where uh who was it uh it uh coach Bowden at Florida state, right? He had his nap every day and he couldn't wake (laughs) him up from his nap. Like what is it, it? What, what is the policy? How big an emergency does it have to be to get you off the tractor?
6: Well, I haven't got to the nap yet. Hopefully I can coach as long as he did. He coached till he was about 90 for that, you know? And so he, he deserved the nap, but, um, Danielle knows that kind of what she's been with me now for 10 years. So she knows what's serious and what's not serious, but, I'm sure you follow it i just I just gave Casey Dunn this new high dollar long term assistant head coach, director head coach high dollar uh title and so if there, if it's not really 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 bad, then he gets to handle it.
3: It's so different from you, because when you first got the job as head coach, people remember you were calling plays, and you were so invested in calling plays that there were times you couldn't pay attention to the defense or the special teams because you're over there working on the offense. Like, has has it—do you miss the days of being more involved in every little detail of the offense?
6: Yes, but in my opinion, at Oklahoma State, I'm not saying it— alabama or at michigan or you know i don't know about any other school i just know at oklahoma state i don't think that the head coach can operate all the different areas it's it's become too complex in my opinion recruiting all the media all the sideshows dealing with the players the offense and defensive game has gotten much more complicated than it ever has been it's just too much um and you know the truth is this, um, you know I'm I'm 52 uh, or getting ready to be 52 or whatever, and I feel great and I'm energetic and been fortunate with my health and everything, but I don't have the same energy level from six in the morning till eleven at night that I did when I was 35.
3: Yeah, and
6: you yeah, I mean, just, just don't. Yeah. And yeah. so what happens is is when I would go in in the mornings at 6.30 and start watching uh, tape to get ready for a game, and, and then I would stay in there until noon and then come out and try to get ready for practice and do everything else. That's what you have to do to get ready to call a game, in my opinion. But but now I just I, I, I couldn't do it. You know, I haven't done it in years, and, and it's better anyway. It's better to not micromanage, in my opinion, and it's better for other guys on the staff to play their role. Everybody has their responsibility. Um, and so it's been good for me. I think it's made me a better coach, and I think it's made—I know it's made our program better because I kind of have a better feel for everything going on, yeah. not just the offense. Um, you, you played
3: obviously for Pat Jones, and people don't know Pat Jones. Uh, he's still a personality in TV and radio um, in, in the Southwest. But he—and he was a great personality when when you played for him. You guys won ten games. But I—I I was speaking actually at the OCA, the Oklahoma Coach Association, earlier today in Tulsa. And I was trying to explain that, like, look, I played for one of the greatest co- college coaches ever, and i he never drew up a play on a whiteboard. Like, never. And I have mm-hmm. friends that played for Mike Krzyzewski, played for Lute Olson, played for, you name it, and they're like, yeah, they didn't draw on the whiteboard. Wh- when did it, it, and I know it's gotten more complex since you started till now, but compare it to when you played till now and the level of complexity that you need to know as a head coach... Uh, when did when did we get to where everything became so complex in 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 sports, and and that coaches had to have such an in- intricate knowledge of each and every play?
6: Technology. There, there's so much more information out there. All the all the uh, when to go for fourth downs, when not to. Um, um, certain defenses, certain blitzes, certain stunts, certain coverages that you get on field location, hash location, down and distance location uh second quarter, fourth quarter. now we have much more information than we ever had. We didn't used to have that information, so what's happened is these quarterbacks, because of all the training that's going on in these summer seven on sevens and things they 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 come into college essentially um with probably forty to fifty percent of uh information that coaches have at our level. I mean, when I went to college, I knew just a. I mean, I knew just enough to get there. I, I didn't know. I didn't know a whole lot. Do a few coverages. That was it. I didn't know line play. I didn't know protections. I didn't know all that. Well, these kids now are coming in. They know it, and so all of the different scenarios and the locations on the field, of things that happen, it would virtu- it'd be virtually impossible, in my opinion, for a guy to know it like the back of his hand and also be a head coach. So the technology has changed the game. Almost like Moneyball with uh, the Oakland A's, that movie, you know, from a while yeah. back. Yeah. Well, that's gotten into football in the last three or four years. And I was a little bit hesitant, but then after you study it, they're pretty accurate. So so if they're accurate, you have to stay on top of your game. You have to be able to keep up with it, or it's a disadvantage for your team because you're not giving your team the best chance because you're calling plays and you don't really know because you're spending time with the media or doing other things you've got to deal with as a head coach. And so that's when it's changed four or five years ago, in my opinion.
3: And then, and then the other thing that's changed is is the ability to, to to where the lineman can go three yards down the field, right? Like the RPOs have, it makes it really, really difficult to defend. Forget you know dual threat quarterbacks, but but the ability to hand the football off. I mean, that that's changed as well, has it not? Like the actual officiating has changed how the how the game is how the game is played and what plays you call.
6: Well, there, no question, and you know what's funny is is the NFL is 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 watching college football. That's where they're getting their plays. Okay? That's why that's why they hired Kingsbury. And and so this has been going on for four or five years. The the Patriots have done it for for quite a while. And so more NFL teams are buying into it. Um, I don't know anything about the NFL, never coached in it, didn't play in it. I don't know really anything. I just know that their coaches are somewhat hesitant at times to say we're getting plays from college coaches. No, we, had we had, watch
3: them, we had we had Leach on yesterday, and Leach said, I, I asked him about, about Cliff and about how important Cliff's success was for the air raid offense. And he said, you know, if you watch the Patriots, they've been running air raid concepts for years, and the Steelers right. do as well. He said just nobody wants to say it because there's some sort of taboo with it.
6: Well, the Patriots were ahead of the game, in my opinion. The Chiefs have been doing it for three years. Um, uh, the Rams just started it uh, a year or two. I can't keep up with how long the young guy's been there coaching they, McVeigh. Um, they're doing it a little bit different, but it's essentially the same concept. They're tempoing. Like, like they, they really put Dallas in a tough situation this year because of the tempo. It wasn't the plays they were running, it was the tempo of the offense that they were running the plays that caused Dallas the problems. And the Eagles have been doing it for several, several years. Um, the Falcons were doing it. um I can't keep track of it, but they're running college offenses, and that's why they're 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 starting to um draft guys like Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray, who years ago would have never had a chance to play. But because of the style of play, basically meaning that when you're rPO and you're not blocking one guy, somebody's getting turned loose and the quarterback has to make a decision. Um, very similar to a point guard. He's got to dish the ball and get rid of it and get it to the right person before that guy gets to him. And so that's why the game's changed um, in the last three to four years. And people are scoring, you know, go look at look at coaches that are in the NFL and um, have, have stayed with some of the old-school, old-style offensive schemes. They can't score enough points. They're going to change.
3: Well, how, how about how about just even in college football? Jim Harbaugh had the old style offense, perfect example. And, and, and perfect. He, could, he couldn't couldn't keep up, and no matter, no matter how way. good, no matter how effective it used to be, it's just not. And he scrapped it this year.
6: Was was uh, was. At Stanford was winning, you know, I don't know what he was winning at Stanford. He did good, like winning eight games and nine. Yeah. I don't know if he ever won 10. I, don't, I, I think I he won 10. He
3: took, he, they didn't win a game before he got there. He won 10 his last year. And yeah, they yeah. played you guys the year after he left, right?
6: Right. So he's doing real good with his style. And then, I, you know, I was kind of following him this year. And last year they started it. Now they've completely made the transition. So what's happened is it's just like the shot clock in the NBA and in college. So you can't play. Coach Sutton's going to play defense and not turn the ball over in basketball, and he's going to beat you because you're going to make mistakes, and he's not going to make mistakes. You can't really do that anymore because you can't score enough points. Right.
3: No, right. No, Same no, thing it's... in
6: football. I mean, you look at look at years, of, what was it, three, three or four years ago, you were getting the, um, we need to uh, put a clock on offenses, and they can't snap the ball every so many seconds. You were getting that from the SEC powerhouses. Yep. Well, now, now the now, tempo. Now, now, <laughs> now the now the SEC powerhouses are doing the same thing.
3: Hey, hey last thing, we'll let you get back to Bale and Hay. Hay. Um, this year starts out on the road at Oregon State. You know, the, mm-hmm. another program, and you kind of got this. You got you got Spencer Sanders, a kid who's got right. a lot of talent, but hasn't ever seen live bullets. Or you got mm-hmm. Drew Brown, who has. You mentioned guys that come in and they they know a lot more. They've thrown a lot more footballs. They have the talent. What's the What's the decision like? First game of the season, experience versus maybe upside and talent.
6: You got to get you got to go with the guy that gives your offense the best chance to score points and do it the right way. Okay, and I go back to what we talked about and saying um, you, you might have one guy that's more explosive, but. But if he's turning the ball over and doesn't understand the offense and he can't distribute it to the to Chuba Hubbard or to the Wallace or get it to the right people, then then he's going to cause you more problems than a guy that can distribute the ball. And this is the first time in, in my career as a head coach that we've had an, a, a quarterback race that's dead even starting in August. And people have asked... Um, you know, they said, "Well, who's going to play?" I, I don't know right now. No, in spring ball, nobody took it. Now, if somebody shows up in the next two to three weeks and they take the job, uh, we'll name a starter. Makes my job easier if we name a starter. I think ultimately that's the best for the team when they know who the quarterback is. But sure. you can't name a starter if you don't know because you've been in a lot of practice. The kids know, right? They yep. know what's going on in practice. So that's why I was joking with uh, with Kale, my brother, uh, when I ran into him a few weeks ago because there had been a big conversation about it. And I said, well, you're going to tell me that nobody on your staff knew that Kyler Murray was the best quarterback until three days before the first game last year?
3: <laughs> yeah, that that doesn't sound – I mean, everybody everybody knew, right? I mean, everybody knew. Right,
6: that's and so I was using that as an example. Right. I said, so that's not – I mean, we're not operating that way, and I'm not saying you were. I'm just guessing yeah. that most people probably knew. Right. Um, but uh, but we're not in that situation, and, and you know, we got to go play at Oregon State, you know. They score points. People yep. talk about their record, but let me tell you what they do. They score points. And so that's very similar to what we see in this league. Yep. They score yep. a lot of points, probably haven't played as well on defense as they would have wanted to, but they did score a lot of points, and they do it in a little bit of an unconventional way. They're unbalanced. They're doing wings. They're doing o- tight ends over. So it'll be a dogfight. You know how it is. Friday yep. night game, first game of the year on the road. Yep. It's everything in order.
3: Oh, well, listen, I will hopefully see you up there. If not, get back on the tractor, clear your mind. Can't wait to see you on the sideline. It was great catching up.
6: All right. Well, hey, give me a call the week before the game or something, okay?
3: All right. I'll do, do I, something.
6: I, I listen to you out here all the time. All right.
3: You're lying because you uh, said you don't listen to anything on the tractor, but I appreciate you. Know, you. <laughs> no, no, I do it in the car. I, 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 do, it dri- I do it driving in a car. Um, I'm, I'm messing with you. Thanks, Coach. Mike Gundy joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show.